Hey everybody, just a heads up that today's episode includes a conversation about infertility. So keep that in mind before you listen and take care of yourself. Hello to everybody who loves pushing a real tiny broom. It's Beautiful Anonymous, one hour and phone call. No names, no holds barred. Rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Chris Gathard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Uh, very interesting situation with today's call. I'll explain that in a second. First, I just want to say two things. One, now that the vaccinations are coming, starting to schedule some live shows. So keep your eyes on chrisgeth.com because we're bringing Beautiful Anonymous back out into the, uh, we're going to be pounding the pavement, getting out there. I, I need to be in a room with people again. And once we're all vaccinated, I can't wait to make that happen. So in coming weeks, we'll be announcing that. Secondly, have to say, I've been making a, I, I don't know why. I think maybe I was just in a spot where I kind of needed a little more conversation. I've been participating in the Facebook group more. I, I always check it. I always read the replies to episodes. I go, it's always such a good way for me to go. It's fascinating to see what people think. And I get to learn what I can be doing better as a host. And also as a person, when I put my foot in my mouth, it gets, you know, people pointed out. I go, cool. Now I know not to say that again. Just try to learn, right? It's something we have to do. But uh, I was starting some topics in there, replying to some people in there. And man, I have to thank that Facebook group for being such a kind group of thoughtful people, which I always say on the internet, harder to find in recent years. And and so lucky that that group is what it is. Okay. We've never had this situation before. Um, you're about to hear a call. And within a short window of time, the caller actually got back in touch and we did a follow-up right away. You're going to hear today's call. And then in just a few days, you're going to hear another entire call with the caller. So as you can immediately surmise, the caller tells us about stuff today and then very quickly follows back up and says, hey, there's new stuff you need to know. So today's call, you're going to hear about something really, really fascinating. It involves the world of being a surrogate. This call, I think, is really eye-opening, a glimpse into that world, how one gets involved, all the things that you on the surface wouldn't know that you have to think about, how you interact with the baby that's growing inside you, how you interact with the people who are hiring you, the way that this is both an emotional thing and a transactional thing. A lot of really fascinating stuff here. Now, in a few days, you're going to hear one. There'll be another short intro on that one to explain more, but the second one's a little more intense. This one, I think you're really going to just enjoy. It's a fascinating thing. Second one's a little more intense. I'm just going to ask you, Make sure you listen to the intro to that one before you dive in because it's different. In the meantime, fascinating glimpse into a world we've all heard about. Be back in a few days with part two. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hello. Hi. I feel like I should say, is this Chris? Well, you know it's Chris, but thank you for maintaining the <laughs> oh tradition. <my> God. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm so excited to talk to you. I think you're just an incredible person. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. I'm I'm very excited <laughs> to talk to you. Um, so how are you today? How am I today? I'm good. 
I'm tired. I've been uh, I've been working quite hard, so I'm a little burnt out, but in that satisfying way, you know. Yeah. So, and I wanted to tell you, my son is almost the exact same age as your son. So I have been kind of living through you and um, <laughs> all the little milestones that you're going through. I'm going through the same ones. It's been really fun, and um, I'm so excited for you and everything. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you, and I didn't get a chance to ask how are you doing today. Oh, I'm good. I'm well. I'm shaking because I'm talking to you, but <laughs> I'm I've, I live a very um, simple life. So this is kind of like one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me. Oh <laughs> uh, well, it'll. I promise you, it won't be that crazy. You're talking to <laughs> an actual doofus, so no, nothing to be freaked <laughs> no. out about. <laughs> you seem like just so normal in in a like in a very famous way. <laughs> Well, the whole famous thing was never for me. It was never what I was going for. So I'm very happy to just be normal. Normal is much better. <laughs> I've, I, I had a small taste of the big time. No, thanks. I like a normal life. Normal life. So speaking of your normal life, when are you getting a dog? Uh, I tell you what, this thing, it's in the air. My kid, he loves dogs so much. He always has. <laughs> it was one of his first words. He'll... Even before, it was wild. Um, there was a stretch where during the pandemic, my mother-in-law, we were living with her and she has a dog. And before he could even say words, we realized Cal would just look at the dog and start going. <laughs> and it was like, oh, you're making dog sounds before you even can say dog. <laughs> this is not good. You're kind of dodging my question. Is Are we getting close or are we not getting close? Uh, probably closer than the last time this came up on the show. <laughs> Yay! The house I bought, it also has one of those invisible fences. You know those things? Yeah, we have one of those. <laughs> I get, and I guess they're not cheap is what I hear. Um, I think it depends how you do it. Because like ours, and if yours is already in, then maybe it wouldn't work this way, but Ours came with like the training for the dog also. Oh, see, ours was already in. And then unfortunately I ran over the wire with a lawnmower. So I think I destroyed it. <laughs> oh, they'll be happy to fix it for you. Any, they'll, they'll love, they'll love you uh, using their business and um, helping get your new dog trained. Now, why are you pushing this dog thing so hard? <laughs> I don't know. I've been following your dog story for a long time. I'm very interested in this. There I don't know. no dog story. And that's, that's, the, the listeners of Beautiful Anonymous have created a dog story, and on my end, there's no dog story. You need a dog. In to my dog mind, story. It's in my mind, like I wish that I had the tech savvy to go back and like clip all of your different times that you've mentioned dogs, and starting with like the very way that you hated dogs in the beginning, to the fact that like later you're debating which kind of dog would be better. I mean, if we if we lined up all those clips, it is a dog story. Now, if you we, here's what I'll say: you have a, a point. My counterpoint would be that if we actually lined up those clips, you'd see that the movement on this has not been as far as, as you think in your mind. That at, be uh, yeah, no. at best, I've in been like, mind, if I'm going to have a dog, I want a dog that can kill a, a <laughs> an attacker. Like that's the best no. I've said. In my mind, like during this phone call, you told me that you were getting a dog next week. So maybe it is farther than I thought. <laughs> Does, is there like if... if I, like if I actually get a dog someday, I feel like the the listeners of this show are going to flip out like the end of Star Wars when the Death Star blows up. 
I, I doesn't feel like I, I don't think I'll flip out. I'll just be like, it'll feel like the ending of this story that I created. Like this is what was meant to happen. Is that what the listeners are still hanging on for all these years later? Nobody's even interested yeah, in the conversations anymore. They just want to know if I finally get a dog. I'm always listening for the pieces about the dogs, but I do care about everybody's story too. <laughs> now, what kind of dogs do you have? Uh, I so it's kind of funny. Um, my husband really wanted a golden retriever, and I really wanted a Labrador retriever. And um, so we had our name on waiting lists for both of those dogs, which were very expensive. And then it just so happened that someone at my sister's work had um, accident puppies that were a mix between golden retrievers and Labrador retrievers. Oh. And so I have this beautiful golden colored Labrador retriever, and um, he's just well. So I get no, he's a He's a golden lab, I guess. Um, he's just beautiful. Wow. And is, I mean, that's a mix of two breeds that everybody loves. And I would imagine good with, yeah. good with the little one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I actually have two kids. Um, my son is almost the exact same age as yours. And then my daughter's four. But yes, they, he is just the best with them. He will take anything that they, that they give. So yeah, he's, he's like the perfect little family dog. And um, I know that's going to happen for you too. So I can't wait. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I was hoping that I would be the caller that got to like break the news, but honestly, maybe, maybe the next caller. I'm feeling a little bullied about this right now. I feel like you're like, I feel like there's some psychological warfare happening right no, now. No, it's not, it's not a push for me because I know it's something that will happen. And I think that, so like I said, it just feels like the natural end to your dog story. Wow. So more like a threat, more like a threat. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. And, and I'm not really obsessed with dogs. I, I love my dog, but, um, I just, I just, I think it's really cool that you went from disliking them so much to coming around. When did that wait? But see, this is the part where I feel like I'm being guessed. Like, cause when exactly did I come around? You were talking with one of the callers about what kind of dog would be best for you. But begrudgingly, begrudgingly. No, no, I, no, no. You, yes. you initiated the conversation. <laughs> I hold, I, yeah, no, I held, I hold on to every single piece. I've been listening very carefully. You are coming around. I know it. Like I said, if there's anybody tech savvy out there, I hope they put all the clips together <laughs> of you coming around. I know you talking about the conversation where I believe I had mentioned that I was researching, okay, if I have to get a dog, what yes. are the ones that will kill yes. someone if the, if uh, a maniac approaches my son in the woods? And then I, I so was nobody like, made you, nobody made you research. You did that on your own. My wife Therefore, told me to stop because I was behaving so crazy. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, this one will rip a person's throat out. And she's like, no, stop, <laughs> stop it right now. You maniac. But think about like, and you mentioned, you know, the family connection with my kids. Like, I think that's, you know, in your heart, what you really want. And you know, that's what Cal wants too. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I just used your son to to no, make it more convincing. Fair, fair. <laughs> again, fair. I I do have to wonder because I'm happy to keep having having this fight. <laughs> but I is this if this is what you called about? I'm very happy no, to have an hour. Okay, then what are we talking? I just wanted about? to make sure. I wanted to make sure. Well, okay. I I do have one main thing that I wanted to talk about. But before I get to that, I don't think. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you've ever had a curler on the show. <laughs> no, to my, I mean, I, maybe someone hasn't mentioned it, but we've never had a vocal. Yeah. No one's vocally like curling, like the thing with the brooms. Yes. Yes. So, and I'm not like a professional curler. I am a recreational curler and I'm awful. 
and that's fine. I love the sport of, of curling. So I don't really have anything to really say about curling. I just wanted to like have my little curling community represented. <laughs> so you don't want to speak about curling. You just want to mention it. Oh, I can't. I can't. No, I just, I, that's not the main thing I, I'm calling about. That's not, um, but okay. I just felt let's, like. You know what? Let's put it on the back burner then. Because we've yeah. already spent eight <laughs> minutes fighting about dogs. So what's the main thing? And We're then not I wanna... fighting because because we already agree. But anyway, um, so the main wow. reason I'm calling is wow. because I am um, currently pregnant with someone else's baby. So I'm a gestational carrier. I'm a, a oh. surrogate. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's um, kind of like a dream of mine. And um, it, it's coming true. And um, I'm very, very excited about it. And I don't think that it's ever come up on, on the show before. So. I yeah. don't think it has now. And you, you, so you've never done this before. You have your two kids, but you've never carried a baby yep. for someone else before. Right. Wow. Yeah. I, um, you kind of have, in order to qualify as a surrogate, you have to have kids of your own. Well, not, I guess you don't have to have your own kids, but you have to have gone through pregnancy and delivery before in order to like, make sure that your body is prepared for it. Right. Right. And I, I bet that I, I can't, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I have to imagine that you are helping people who have maybe had issues carrying a baby and therefore it's really, um, a really positive for everyone's sake yeah. thing to know that you are someone who has, I bet it alleviates a lot of the stress that surrounds it for this person you're helping. So technically they've never attempted to carry babies because it's two guys, um, but Got they it. have had, Got it. yeah, they have, they have had, um, like a really, really long, painful journey with, um, waiting to have children. I'm actually the um, fourth surrogate that they've been matched with. They've been waiting for like, I don't know. They, they're very humble about the whole thing. They don't tell me all the little details, but I'm, I'm imagining it's been 10 years that they've been waiting to build their family. Um, because it's, it's a complicated process. Um, so they're very, very deserving. And, um, I'm just so excited that they trusted me to, to carry this for them. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and personal, right. There's going to be a lot of personal questions in this one. So, That's okay. <laughs> because I, when you first said surrogate and I did, I mean, that, that was, that was closed minded to me and I do apologize, but in my mind, when I think surrogacy, I think of, um, you know, uh, a heterosexual couple who has a fertilized embryo mm -hmm. created from their egg and sperm. That's what I jumped to in my mind. Uh, but mm -hmm. I guess my question then is, is this your egg fertilized with the sperm of one of the, one of these members no. of this couple? No, no, it's not. It's so it's not my baby. Um, it's, um, they have an egg donor and that's what, that's what it's called when you, um, when you just donate an egg. Um, and so their egg donor lives on the other side of the country. Um, and they want a relationship with her also. Um, so they still, they keep in touch with her. Um, and I, uh, I, it's interesting because I feel like I could never be an egg donor. Like I could never feel like I, I gave away, you know, my baby, which I know some people think is weird because here I am carrying this baby and I will give it away. But in my mind, it, it's very much not my baby. I'm not giving it away. Um, and that's, that's painful. And so far I haven't been asked only, well, only one time has someone said, how are you going to give that baby away? 
um, but it's not my baby, you know? Um, so it's not related to my kids. It's not related to my husband. It's not my baby. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like an attachment thing to me. Um, and I have a relationship with these dads and I just, I can't wait to, and this sounds maybe cruel or something. I, I can't wait to give them the baby. I can't wait to see them get this baby that's theirs, you know, that I've been carrying. That's really amazing. That's really, that's really, and you know, you hear about people spending 10 years trying to establish a family and have kids. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine that, because this, right, there's a lot of people involved in this, you, you, you know, between the two dads, the donor, you as a surrogate, and then a litany of doctors keeping their eye on this as well. Um, and to hear that you're fighting the good fight on behalf of other people's happiness, I think, is a really beautiful thing. I have yeah, to wonder. Um, oh, go for it. You mentioned how you mentioned how many people are involved. I mean, it's it's incredible. Uh, so the clinic where I did the embryo transfer is actually on the other side of the country. So I went to that clinic. Um, that they had to go to that clinic to, you know, deposit their sperm. Um, so we're, and then the egg donors on the other side of the country. So she's flying to that same clinic. So we're all over the country kind of making this happen. And then another kind of interesting part of the, of their story is they have another surrogate. So they're, they're doing what's called a dual surrogacy. So they have two surrogates and um, she has the exact same name as me. Um, first name, I should say, um, which is just kind of what? a funny situation. It's just, yes, it's crazy. I know. When they told me, when they told me their other surrogate's name, I was like, no way. Um, so, and she actually just delivered. So I said, I'm their fourth surrogate. So their third surrogate actually delivered their first baby, um, which is really, really cool. So they are dads now. Um, and just seeing them be dads already, it makes me so much more excited to give them, you know, the sibling for their baby. So they had their first baby in and now this baby will be due in <laughs> And was that, was the, uh, wow, uh, this is get this is, there's <laughs> I know, a whole. I know, it sounds crazy. <laughs> you know when you, well, you know what it is? It's like, you know when you watch like a cop show, like The Wire, and they got the big board with like this mob yeah. boss here and this here, and then all the different red lines and the circles around all the people. Yeah. It feels like you're describing that. Um, was the plan always to aim for multiple children or was it let's have multiple surrogates to increase our chance of success? And if we wind up with multiple children, then that's a happy thing. Yeah, their plan was always to have um, multiple children. Um, and I am sure that they expected it to happen sooner than it did. Um, they've had lots of what's called failed transfers. So when they put the embryo in and it didn't take. So yeah, the plan was always to have two. And um, I think that they've been working on more. I know that sounds kind of crazy working on, but I think they've been working with more than one surrogate throughout this entire process. Um, And I've been told that their journey is just really, really um, more, I don't know how to say it, um, more unlucky than most, you know, it's, it's not likely to have to go to need to go to a fourth surrogate that they've had so many, um, so many sad things happen along the way. That's brutal. My heart goes out and it's, I'll also say this. It's, um, and I, uh, I listen, this is your story, not mine. I'm not, uh, how do I even say, I don't even know how to say it except to say, this is stuff that people don't talk about how hard 
how hard it can be with fertility, physically, emotionally, mentally, and it's really hard, and it's re- it's really heartbreaking. And it is. My heart goes out. I did wonder. Um, yeah. So there was a baby born. Mm-hmm. Was it the same combination of egg donor and sperm donor that the child you're currently carrying is? So the egg donor donated eggs for both, but one of the dads com- contributed each of the sperm. So they'll be half siblings. And, um, which is really cool. I think science is just so cool, but I do want to go back to what you were saying about infertility, because, um, I think that this episode maybe needs like a trigger warning because it is so, so painful. Um, and I, and I wanted to say too, like, that's the reason that I chose to do this. And it's not like I struggled with infertility myself, like by the technical definition, but I wanted to have kids so, so, so bad. Um, I don't want to cry right now, but like, um, I'm just thinking back to, you know, you always think it's going to be so easy. Like you're in sex ed class or you're watching teen mom or whatever it is. And you always think, wow, it's so easy to get pregnant. And it's just not. Let's pause there. So true. So true. It's this thing that we're not talking about enough. And I've seen so many friends, so many people in my life deal with that. And just worth taking a minute, taking a breath and realizing that's a hard thought and a lot of people are going to need to take a breath. So we'll get some ads out of the way and we'll be right back. Thanks so much to all of our advertisers. Now let's go ahead. Let's finish off the phone call. You're in sex ed class or you're watching Teen Mom or whatever it is and you always think, wow, it's so easy to get pregnant and it's just not. So those months that I waited and waited and waited. Um, and it is so, so, so painful. Um, so I always swore to myself, if this ever happens for me, I need to make sure that this happens for somebody else too. Um, and it turned out that um, being pregnant and delivering for me, um, I know it's hard for a lot of others, but for me, it wasn't that bad. Um, so I was like, of course, this is, it almost feels like something I have to do, like something that I should do. Um, and, and I don't, uh, we don't have to dwell on the topic of infertility. I know it's it's really, really painful for people, but um, I and just wanted to, to point that out. Yeah. It's, a, it's, you know, what's been wild for me too is, um, you know, when I'm really happy that, you know, I think my, when I did the, when I did the comedy special about depression, I think it came out on HBO. Finally, I think the show was up and running in 2016, came out on HBO in 2017 and people are like, oh, wow, nobody talks about this stuff. It's good we're talking about it. And people talk about it a lot more now. And I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm happy to be one very, very tiny part of that. There's people who work really hard to destigmatize it. But mm-hmm. as I've gotten older and people my age, you know, having babies, friends of mine, other, other people who waited till later in life, I actually came to realize I think fertility issues is in many ways analogous in terms of it's a thing that's happening so much more around people than we realize. And it's just stigmatized to speak about it. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying they're the same issue at all, but they are almost culturally, I think met with the same sort of like, we don't talk about that. That creates a lot of pain and a lot of taboo. So kudos to you for helping people through it. I do want (laughs) to circle back and say, cause you're in the middle of this. So you're, uh, custom information hearing that you will be giving birth to the half sibling <laughs> of an exi- of a child who is already out there running around 
and they will be raised by the same couple. It is, mm-hmm. I mean, we are in the 21st century, big time, yeah. huh? So, the, you know, even to, to get more into the science of it, um, I mean, you said this will be a personal one. It, it, the whole science of getting pregnant with someone else's baby is mind-blowing. Um, and I know that you talked with a caller really briefly about IVF. And um, so it is it is through IVF. But um, yeah, they actually have more embryos that they haven't used yet. And so I think their plan is to have more children. But what's crazy is that they actually know which of their embryos are girls and which are boys. So mm-hmm. I already know, like they, they knew when they implanted me that they chose. <laughs> so it's just science is crazy. Like you can now pick the gender of your baby. I mean, if you can afford it, it's not like well, that, the average person is doing that. But <laughs> Well, that was one of my next questions was going to be, how'd you meet these rich dudes? These people have money. So, <laughs> so we were matched through an agency and, um, and you know, they're, they're guys and they're, early forties, I think that they're just in a financial place where they're able to, to do these things. Um, the, the amount of money that they're spending on this, I, I can't really add it up in my head, but I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, just when I'm putting, putting together all the things that they must be paying for, um, like for my medication and my travel and, and just like so many things that are adding up for them. But then to see them with their baby, I'm like, this this makes sense. <laughs> they 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 are just the cutest. I just I just get so every time I see them with their baby, I just I get all fluttery and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to do this for them too. And how far along are you? So I'm not super far along, um, but I'm so I'm not like in the safety zone of 12 weeks yet. I'm about 10 and a half weeks right now, but um, I feel pretty good about it because I'm on so many medications and they monitor so closely. Like normally, you know, you have, when you find out you're pregnant, you're about four weeks pregnant at that point. Um, and you usually kind of don't go to the doctor for another month or so. And I was, I had an ultrasound at six weeks. And so we saw the heartbeat at six weeks. And then I had another ultrasound at eight weeks. And so between those two ultrasounds, we could see the development of the baby already. And it's crazy. And like I said, I'm on a ton of medications. So they they monitor and I feel good about it. Now I'm going to ask a question that's like, I want to recognize openly that this is a selfish question and like a very basic bonehead question. And where I think a lot of people are going to go, Chris, stop being like just a dumb guy, but I got to ask it. So you, um, you mentioned that pregnancies have been uh, not as hard for you as some other people, as far as like all the stereotypical effects. Mm-hmm. I do wonder how's your husband feeling about you being pregnant <laughs> again? Because I was the partner of a pregnant person, and that's work too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I I I was kind of waiting for you to ask how he felt about it overall, because um, that's kind of a story too. So um, I knew when we were pregnant with our our second child that this is something like I was 100% set. Like it was always in the back of my mind. I would like to do that someday. But when I was pregnant with my second kid, it was like, this, this has to happen. Um, so when I brought it up to him at first, he was like, no, um, no, like it just, like his first thought was no. Like, I think it's just a protective husband type thing. Like you're my wife, you carry my kids, you know? Um, and so I just kind of like 
I've learned this about husbands. You let them come to their own right conclusions. So <laughs> I just kind of waited. <laughs> That's advice for all women out there. <laughs> they, they will do the right thing. You just have to wait for them. Um, but so I just kind of, I just kind of worked on it like gently. And I was like, you know, think of it this way. And you know, it wasn't bad for me to be pregnant. It was, you know, delivery was not bad for me, you know? Um, and so eventually he, I, I convinced him like, you know, think about your life without kids. Like, can you imagine that for someone else? And, um, so eventually he, he did come around to it and now he's like so excited about it and he's so proud of it. And he, like, he doesn't miss an opportunity to tell somebody my wife is pregnant with someone else's baby. Like he just thinks it's like the coolest <laughs> thing. Um, as far as me being pregnant, like that doesn't like it towards the end, obviously it was, it was not super fun because I was like having trouble sleeping, but like overall, your, an- your ankles tall- turn into loaves of bread. No, no, they don't. That. I really, I really didn't. No. So like, honestly, pregnancy for me, it was, it was kind of insulting to me because I was at, when I was pregnant with my, much of them, the second one, like the nurse looked at my ankles and she's like, Oh, your ankles are getting a little chubbier or whatever. And I'm like, no, they're not. That's what they look like. like <laughs> I never, I never had, I never had an issue with, um, like with, I had back pain for a week with one of them. And like, that, that was awful, but like, it was just a week. So honestly, like I'm a pretty good pregnant person. And I'm, I'm, I think my husband would agree that like, I'm actually happier when I'm pregnant. Like, I just feel like this is, this is my purpose. I just feel overall, like my mental health is in a better place. I just feel really good. And I think, um, I know I, I have body issues of course, but I think when I'm pregnant, like that's when I feel the best about myself, um, the way I look physically. So I don't think that was ever a concern for him. I think in the back of his mind, there's a concern about, you know, delivery and like the risk to my health because um, there have been, there's recently a story about a surrogate who um, passed away during delivery. So I think that's in the back of his mind, like my own safety. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, overall, I think he's really proud of me and he thinks it's really, really cool. And you're trying to help people. You're trying to help people who have had right. a hard time. And there's nothing wrong with that at the end of the day. And so is the plan that as you approach the window where delivery is is more likely that you'll fly to be near this couple and they'll be in the delivery room with you and you'll hand the baby off right then? No. So like I said, when you mentioned how complicated this is, it's like beyond complicated. So the IVF clinic is in one state. They live in a different state. I live in a different state. Their egg donor lives in a different state and their other surrogate lives in a different state. But the way it works is um, that I get to, like once I'm past 10 weeks, so right now, um, I all of my um, care is through my own hospital and my own like OB. So like I will see, I will have this baby delivered by the same person that delivered um, my own kids. So it's my hospital, my, mm-hmm. my clinic, my, my care, I get to choose that, you know, and I think that kind of makes sense. It's, it's my body. And so it's my care in that way. So um, it's kind of unfortunate for them in a little, in a, in a way that they don't get those choices, but I know they'll love like my clinic and my doctor, they're actually going to be meeting her um, next week and I can't wait for them to meet her. Um, so no, they come to me. So they'll have to kind of find a, mm-hmm. Uh, an Airbnb or something. And I think they'll need to bring someone with them to take care of their other baby. Um, so yeah, they, they come to me. Now uh, I'm going to ask, this is just like a nuts and bolts question, but I just want to know how it works. So you said it's your doctor, it's your hospital, but is it your insurance? Like how does that get handled? 
oh my gosh, so that's complicated too. And and oh, honestly, oh, we can oh, even talk say. about like oh, you don't say yeah. that. health insurance. <laughs> in a, if you if you cut off your own toe and go to a hospital, you have to fill out thirty five forms. If you're standing there holding the toe in a cup full of ice, let alone what you're describing. Well, right. The paperwork, and I didn't even get into like our legal contract because that's another whole thing. Mm -hmm. But um, Mm -hmm. so they, so the way it works is it kind of depends on what you, what your job is. But if your, if your personal insurance will cover um, pregnancy and, and it turns out that mine does um, and my, I have really, really good insurance. So they paid for everything out of pocket up until I was 10 weeks. And now from this point forward, my own insurance will cover everything. Wow. Including delivery. They got a deal on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, they they were pretty excited because I just switched jobs in um, September. So they <laughs> we found out that my insurance was even better than my other insurance, which was already pretty good. Um, but if, if I didn't have this insurance, they would have to pay for an insurance policy for me. Do you still get... Um maternity leave? I, yes. Um, it kind of depends on your work, but I am a teacher and I'll be, um, delivering over the summer. So I won't need a maternity leave. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. if I wanted to take a week or two, I could, but it will be the first week of school. There's no way I teach first grade. There's no Mm -hmm. way I'm missing Mm -hmm. the first week of school. So, um, I could, if if it was during the school year, but, um, I kind of feel like for me, like I said, my, my delivery was pretty easy both times. So I don't think I need like a whole lot of recovery time. Um, assuming that my next delivery goes well, I, so much of the maternity leave, I just wanted time with my baby and now I, I won't have that. And I will, I will pump for them, but I don't need like, I don't need to be off work to pump. So yeah, I don't, I don't plan. I've heard of surrogates taking three days and I've heard of surrogates taking six months. It just kind of depends on what you feel is right for you. Now, how are you going to pump for them when they're in a different state? Are they just going to hang out in your state for a while? So it, it kind of turns out that like out of all the states that I mentioned, we are all spread out across the country that the, they, they, and the, them and me, I'm not, I don't know how to say that properly. Um, we're actually the closest. So they only live about I think it would be six hours away from me. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool considering I could have been like matched with anybody in the world. Um, so I'm thinking we'll probably just drive and meet at a halfway point, but their other circuit is currently sending it through the mail, which I mean, you, you've seen Hallie go through this. Like, can you imagine trying to like, it's just, it would, it's just a nightmare and the cost of that too would just be oh, crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping we can just drive and meet halfway and then um, that would give me an excuse to see them and the baby. <laughs> So you do want to see the baby, which I get, cute little baby. Mm-hmm. Do you think, because you mentioned, okay, so you mentioned they want to have a relationship with the egg donor. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's going to be a relationship with uh, you as well? Have you seen if there's a relationship with the surrogate of their older child? Yeah, they still have um, a relationship with their other surrogate. And um, th- that's part of the matching process. Like when... When you're being matched, they want to know, do you want a relationship with your surrogate? Um, and they want to know from the surrogate, do you want a relationship? We call them IPs or intended parents. Do you want a relationship with the intended parents? And I said, yes, absolutely. Like, it's not my baby, but I still want to like remember this part of my life. I want to give the baby birthday presents. I'd love to be at a birthday party with the baby. Um, so yeah, we, we mutually agreed that 
um, we do want a relationship. And the dads told me that they don't believe that a baby can be too loved. And so that was the way they said it. Like, mm-hmm. so they're going to have this family stretching out across the country. Um, so between their egg donor, the other surrogate me, like their kids will be loved and that's the way they want it. So you're going to be at a birthday party someday where there's going to be <laughs> two kids, well, two dads, hopefully... one biological mom, two non-biological <laughs> non-moms who carried them to earth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like assuming that COVID is a, not a thing anymore because... Well, if we have to do it all on re- Zoom, we'll have it on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be my dream. I, I know this sounds like a crazy dream to some people, but like like I said, when I was struggling to get pregnant, I was I, all I could think about is if ever this happens for me, like th- this, this will be my dream is to be able to, to help somebody else with this. Speaking again of that, one thing I haven't thought of is, you know, you you would like to and hope to have a relationship with this child on some level. It sounds like the intended parents are into that idea. Have you thought about how you're going to explain this relationship to your own kids and what that means to them? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So (laughs) I have thought about it a lot. And I also, there's the other... um, the other issue of explaining it to my class, because I'm a teacher and I have um, 20 first graders, so I do need to explain to them like that I'm going to be getting pregnant and or that I'm that I am pregnant and that I'm going to be not keeping this baby. So there's that whole thing too. But with my own kids, I just found two books about it, which they're not the greatest books, but they'll work. One is called My Mom is a Surrogate, and the other one is called um, The Kangaroo Pouch. And they both kind of touch on the subject about how mommy's belly is going to be growing and the baby isn't your brother or sister, but that you can still know that baby and you can hold that baby. Um, but it's funny because just yesterday, my daughter, I haven't talked to my daughter about it yet because you know, I'm still kind of early, but she, yesterday she was like pushing on my belly and she's like, your belly's squishy because there's nobody in there. <laughs> and I'm like, there actually is somebody in there. We're going to have to have a conversation. So I, and I, I think for kids, it's so much more natural to think about it because I told my niece and nephews, um, they are like 10 and eight. And I just kind of said, auntie's going to be having a baby for somebody who can't have a baby. And they're like, oh, okay. And that was it. You know, they don't ask about the science. They don't say, hmm, I thought, you know, how, how is, how are you giving that, you know, how is that happening? They don't think about you need a sperm and an egg. Like they don't think that way. It's just the fact that wow, some people can't have babies, so auntie's going to have a baby. So I, I imagine the conversation for my first graders and for my four-year-olds will be very similar. They just they just don't question it that way. That's cool. The innocence of youth. The non-judgmental yeah. nature of youth. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, it is. listen, it's anonymous. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a kind of tacky question that's been on my mind. Which is, you know, you've and you've made it very clear that you have had kids in that process. You've said that it was a dream to help other people who were having a tougher time, didn't have, um, you know, an easy stretch with trying to have their own kids, facilitating it. You've made it very clear. All your intentions are pure, and I don't doubt that. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. That being said, you get, you get some scratch for this too, right? So I'm working on 
answering that question without guilt uh-huh. because uh-huh. there is there is guilt with that but oh, um, really? yeah, I, I I wouldn't have been so glib just, about it then I'm sorry no no you don't and I, I I need to be able to answer that question without guilt um but yes I do get compensated I'm sitting here bringing this up in a real glib way turns out it's actually something that the callers had to wrap her head around in a big way okay we'll hear about that and a lot more when we get back Thank you, as always, to the advertisers who sponsor this show and allow it to exist. Now let's finish off the phone call. I, I need to be able to answer that question without guilt. Um, but yes, I do get compensated. Um, and, and I'm trying to, you know, justify it to myself because my body's going through a lot, um, especially at delivery. Um, so I, but I do. Um, and I think the reason I feel guilty is because I know that some surrogates are doing it for like a friend or something like that. And they, they aren't accepting money for it. And for me, like I, this is going to help my family so much. We're um, eliminating debt that's been building for many years. You know, we have two kids in childcare. Um, so the way that someone said it to me is like, don't feel guilty. Like you're giving them something that they need and they're giving you something that you need. Um, so, so yes, I do. I do get compensated and, in, in a weird way, like someday I would like to let them them know how much they've helped my family because they're going to be like digging our family out of debt in a way that like nothing else, like there's no other way that we could have done this. You know, like I can't have another job. I can't like, I, there's, there's no other way that we could have, we could have been helped in this way. Um, and obviously no one does this for money. Like I wouldn't, I never signed up saying, I can't wait to get money for this. Um, but yeah, so there is there is guilt involved with that. Listen, I mean, you're in the middle of it, and what do I know? And it's one of the more complicated uh, sets of relationships I've ever heard of, all these people in different states teaming up to make this thing happen. But I'll just say on my end, I don't think you need to feel guilty, honestly. And I'm thinking of this from two reasons. I'm thinking of this from, from two perspectives. Actually, maybe even more than that. One, um. I don't care how smooth your pregnancies have gone. It's not easy and it affects your life mm-hmm. and that affects your your energy levels, your productivity, your mood. There's hormonal changes. These affect you. That means that affects your household, that affects your husband, that affects your two other kids. Like that's that's a big deal and that that mm-hmm. that's not uh that's no small thing. That's no small thing. And then I would also say um that again, and who knows, I don't know, but I was joking before, like how'd you meet these rich guys? But but look, they are choosing to do it this way and they were comfortable with that decision. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that they'd actually be thrilled to hear that they're helping you with a debt situation because mm-hmm. clearly there's disposable income um, with this couple. You have to imagine. I mean, I can't make true assumptions, but you, you, have, you have to be, that's the, the educated guess. And then in a weird way, I also am sitting here thinking like an artist, which might surprise you to say it, because when you're an artist, people ask you to do so many things for free all the time. And it gets to a point where you actually almost feel bad sometimes making money for certain things. And then you hit a point where you go, no, if I'm if I'm if I'm going to dedicate energy and time and focus on something, then I have to pay my mortgage in the meantime. And I don't mm-hmm. think you need to feel guilty at all. I don't think you feel need to feel guilty at all. 
Yeah, and you're the 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 guys have always been so so nice about it. Like they've never they've never questioned anything with with money. They 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 don't make me feel. I've heard of like IPs like canceling relationships with surrogates because they seemed like money hungry or something like that. But um, they've never once like talked to me about money in in a bad way. And and they've even said like do you need this? Do you need that? Like they, they want, they want me to feel like secure in, in growing their baby. So whatever, whatever I need or want, they, they want me to have. So I don't feel like they're judgmental of me in any way. And when, when I really think about it, like that's whose opinion should, should matter to me the most. And I still, I still work through it though. <laughs> and I everybody imagine. asks, everybody wants to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I feel bad because I can hear the emotional fa- It's It's like the one thing that you struggled to answer in 40 minutes of talking. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, eight well, minutes sure, of that like, was everybody's gonna be, a dog, but everybody's going to be Googling it. Yeah. And, and the dog thing, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think everybody's going to be Googling like how much does a, a surrogate make, you know, like, um, but I think that, and the, the dads would agree with this. Like it's, it's fair for what I'm going through. And like you said, um, it does affect my household. Um, I am going through to tons and tons of appointments. Like, like I said, I had ultrasounds at, um, six weeks and eight weeks. And if you, and if you've ever been through that, you know how, how long those things can take and, um, like what my body has gone through. Um, there, there's kind of no, <laughs> no, you said we're going to answer a lot of personal questions today. Like there's, you kind of lose all of that. You know, everything is fair game when, when you're in this situation. And also like, um, I'm taking a lot of medications too, which have affected, like you said, my mood, but, um, they're injectable too. So I have like, um, bruises on my body. Um, and it's just it. So there, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I, I would have a hard time, I, I would do it for a family member if if they needed me to, um, but I do think that the compensation is fair. And let's not forget either it restricts your ability to travel, it mm-hmm. you know restricts certain environments and lifestyle choices, like it limits your diet. Right, it's going to require different mm-hmm. dietary choices. It's going to limit like the ways in which you can physically you know work out and move and altitudes you can go to and flights you can take and things like this and that. Uh, it's no small amount of sacrifice. I don't think you should feel bad for saying, Hey, I, I do, you know, I do need to, it is, it is fair to, to say that I'm putting myself through a hell of a lot, let alone the fact that you have to go in and out of doctor's offices and hospitals in the time of COVID. Like that's, that's another factor yeah. <laughs> that I'm sure you've had to think about too. You're doing something very yeah, giving for other people. Had to, it, yeah, I had to fly. I had to fly during all this. But speaking of like traveling, I don't know if you knew this, but there are four states where surrogacy is illegal. So there are four states that I cannot go to right now at all. Not that I, I mean, I like I said at the beginning of the call, I live a very very simple life. Um, I'm a very very typical Midwest girl. Like I've gone very few places, so I, it's not like I, I'd want to be traveling the world. But um, yeah, there are four states that I, I can't travel to. <laughs> really? So what are the states? If you enter the borders of four states, you are technically committing a crime just by being pregnant right now. Yeah, um, I can't. And every state has different laws about um, like how the baby gets handed off and um, signing like like 
papers, basically, kind of like adoption papers. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I think I'll have to go to court, but I I don't know all the states off the top of my head. But um, so don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure one of them is New York. Um, I I could, I very well could be wrong. Um, But yeah, there's some, because I, and the only reason I say that is because I'm pretty sure that I've been like, that's where I want to go. I'd love to see New York City someday, but, um, but I very well could be wrong. I just know that there's four. (laughs) Wow. You should look those up. You should look those up. Last thing well, we, I'm not going anywhere, especially now. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I hear you. So I'm talking to an actual criminal. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm yeah. Kidding. No, it's so it's so weird. And like when we were filling out like the legal contract, like so much. This is such a serious thing. Um, and and the dads were super super good about the contract. Like I've heard of um, surrogates and IPs being in contracts contract negotiations that last for months because they're like nitpicky about little like foods they can eat and stuff like that. But, um, ours, ours was really, really quick. And, um, my husband's dad is a lawyer, so he looked it over for us and felt really good about it. But, um, yeah, one of the interesting things on there is that the dads have the right to choose an abortion if I, if the baby has some kind of genetic yeah, if the baby has some kind of genetic abnormality, um, they can choose to abort the baby up to 25 weeks. And the interesting part of that is like, so early on when I first clicked apply, which is a long time ago, this took a long time, by the way. Um, when I first clicked apply, there were like 10 questions, just really simple, basic questions that are going to like move you through the process or stop you right there. And one of them was, would you be willing to have an abortion if that's what the IPs wanted. And my immediate thought is no, <laughs> like no, for any reason, I'm a teacher. Like there is no genetic abnormality that would like make a child, not child's life, not worth living. You know, that was my immediate thought. But then, um, like the social worker from the agency called me and we were kind of talking about it. And she said, something you have to remember is this isn't your baby. And so I did end up agreeing to let them choose that if that's what they choose with for their baby. But something, I mean, something that is kind of my saving grace is that when the baby was an embryo, they had it tested for genetics. So they kind of already know that it should be like, there shouldn't be any genetic abnormalities or whatever. But yeah, the, this contract thing is really, really intense and all the different things that are on there. I think it was, I don't know, like 20 pages long and in, in obviously like legal language, which is, I'm not a legal language type person. So, yeah. Well, I have to say that, you know, this, you have such a good energy and are explaining this from a perspective of, of why this fits your personality and this is a dream for you and helping other people with dreams. And then that hearing about that abortion conversation, what a sobering reality to realize, oh, you might wind up in a situation where they're basically asking, it's wild, right? There's so many, I mean, that's one of the most divisive issues for Americans mm-hmm. in, in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And it brings oh, into play I'm, all these feminist thoughts too, because you're effectively signing right. a contract that says, I forego the right of my body, my choice. It's my body, someone else's right. choice. Yeah, there's a lot of things that go along with, with wow. my body, someone else's choice with this. But and, and I just want to put this out there. I am pro-choice. I think every every woman has the right to make their own choice for their own body. And that's where my thought was, like, this is this should be my choice. It's my body. But 
I have to remember it's their baby. And um, it even comes down to like little things where I'm like, gosh, should I, right now I'm like stuck on coffee because my son got up at 3am for the first time in over a year. And I was like really wanting coffee and I haven't had coffee since the embryo transfer. But like, it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I didn't drink coffee through my other pregnancies for my own children. So I really shouldn't for their child, but I felt like I should ask them. So I did ask them like, do you care if I have coffee? But it's all these things like everything I do affects their baby. So yeah, it is kind of this weird situation where my body, my choice, but not really. I have to imagine. And I wonder if the agency walks you through any of this. The more you talk about this, well, because, because I have to imagine that there's many, many stories with this that end with people happy. And then I imagine mm-hmm. there's there's a fair number of stories that end with people really tangled up in anger and emotions. And I have to imagine at times it's erupted into legal messes. And mm-hmm. Do, mm-hmm. do they warn you about all this? I I have been in touch with a lot of surrogates from the agency, and it I would say ninety five percent is happy. Um, there's there's once in a while there are issues, but um, I think, and we also have like lots of advocates, like through the agency, I have a social worker, I have like a case manager. Um, so anything that I would have an issue with, I would go through them. Um, but I just can't, I can't see any issues with these, with these dads. They're just, I seriously think they're the most perfect people and the most deserving parents. And they've been nothing but grateful. Like they always are saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to me. And I'm like, stop saying thank you. I don't know how to just say you're welcome. Like you don't have to thank me. Like I wanted to do this too. Like this is my dream. Like you don't have to thank me for living my dream. Like, um, so, so yeah, I just can't, I can't see any issues, but they just are such like well thought out people. Like they're, they're, there's, I don't know, even so right now, a big, my body, my, my choice thing right now is the COVID vaccine. Um, if I should get that or not. Yeah, because um, I'm a teacher. So in my state, I'm pretty close to next on the list for qualifying for um, the vaccine. And so right now we've been talking like, is that something I should do when they, they have done so, so much research and um, they do want me to get it. And they said, you know, in the end, it's your choice. We're not going to make you, but it would make us happy if you did. Um, so things like that, you know, I, how could I, how could I get that vaccine without consulting with them first? You know, it, it they don't know how the vaccine impacts babies yet. There hasn't been enough research. So um, I, I want to, uh, I, I feel very strongly about vaccinations overall, um, but it still felt like something we had to discuss as a, as a group. Yeah. That's, that's like, uh, that's the type of thing that I'm sitting here going, Oh, like I could go, Oh, this sounds fat. This is fascinating. Oh, what a, what a crazy situation to wind up in. And then you go, Oh no, if I want to get a vaccine for the plague, there's other people now that I need to consult because Mm -hmm. not, and not in, this would be a very black and white look at it, but in some ways, like in some ways you are very much just going about your day and living your life. And in other ways, it's almost like you're a character, like they're the author of your story for 10 months in mm-hmm. a certain way, to a certain degree, not fully. Right. But they get, they, it's almost like they get to get like in, again, in the thinking as an entertainer, I'm like, oh, they kind of get to give you notes on the plot points for 10 months of your life. <laughs> but they do it. They, and and, and I, there's no one I'd rather be with because they do it in such a gentle way. And they never, like, they've never made me feel like, I had to do something like everything has always felt like my choice, even when it wasn't. Um, 
they just they're just so such grateful well, like good-hearted people i mean if, if you're going to do this i would imagine that that's the dream scenario to land in it's like oh we're able to talk right. and communicate and collaborate and be honest and be open and therefore it removes all the tension of that but you just hear that theoretically it could it could i'm sure there's some surrogates who have made choices in their life and then the ips find out and go what did you do and then it's stress for the rest <laughs> of the for the rest of the pregnancy and and uh i bet it happens wow we also looked it up nebraska louisiana michigan and you were right, New York. But New York is lifting this ban on uh, February 15th of this year. So happy Valentine's Day. Oh, cool. Day. Happy Valentine's Yay, maybe Day. I can go to New York City after all. Look <laughs> at <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing. <laughs> and it's funny with a lot of this stuff. And I feel like fertility is one area where people will often say like, oh, wow, it sounds like science fiction. And then you take a deep breath and you go, it's not fiction. It's actual reality. It's 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 science, and it's changing the world, and it's changing people's avenues towards how they, you know, build a family. They make a family. Mm-hmm. What a what a amazing thing! And and again, I do also want to say too, you've made it very clear over and over again that on your end, um, no, you know. There are going to be people out there who go, man, that would not be for me. There's, mm-hmm. You're right. There's going to be people who go, this seems like a thing that we shouldn't be meddling with, like for whatever reasons, religious reasons, other reasons. There's right. other people going, I would not be able to give agency of my body over to mm-hmm. anyone else, let alone, you know, I'm sure that there is a feminist perspective of you are giving men the right to make choices about your body where that feels uncomfortable, no matter where it lands though. I do feel like anyone listening will immediately listen to you and go, oh, this caller is doing this for all the right reasons, though, in a spirit of Mm -hmm. giving and in a spirit of trying to, like you said, you've said a few times that you, I think you at one point said something very close to a quote of, I can't think of two people who would be more deserving of having a family. Right there you Mm -hmm. go. Well, you're doing it for all the right reasons. But wow, wow. And pretty, er this is pretty new. Uh, when you look at the macro view of humanity, this has only been happening a few decades. Right. And it it keeps getting, um, it keeps getting better too. Like the way that they're able to figure things out, like the science of it. Um, So one of the things that I did um, was I did what's called an ERA biopsy, which they took a biopsy. uh, Sorry, this is TMI, but this is kind of the way this process works. But they, they took a biopsy of my uterine lining to find out like when would be the very, perfect time within my monthly cycle to do the implantation. So they knew within a 12 hour window when it would be the best time to implant. And um, their other surrogate, her first transfer failed and then they did this biopsy and then her second transfer was successful because, you know, they were able to like increase the accuracy of when to, when to implant. Um, So for me, I didn't, I won't, this was my only transfer. I just tried one time, but because I did that biopsy, like the science of knowing exactly when to do it. And um, yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) And then they're timing, like, you know, you're timing every injection Mm -hmm. around that so that there's this window where they know, okay, we have actually made this the, we have actually made this the most ideal setting for this to happen if it happens right now. And we can, we can, right? Oh, wow. It's so, yeah. 
it was, it was kind of a crazy thing too. Like when, you know, I'm, I'm a planner, like I, I'm a teacher, like I have to have a plan, you know? And, um, so, but this, this doesn't work that way because it's kind of all about your monthly cycle. So when I, when I didn't schedule my flights to do the transfer until like four or five days before. So all of a sudden I found out like, okay, next week you're flying across the country and I don't want to like name states, but I went across the country. Um, and so I found out like five days before that I was going to be on a, a flight and I've traveled very little. So this was all very crazy. And but yeah, it's all about the timing and it had to be a very specific time um, for me to, to go in there. <laughs> and do you, do you get flown first class on that? <laughs> it wasn't first class, but ah, I come did. On. Come so on. I, I also... I also had to fly for my medical screening and this was, this was such a long time ago that I've been waiting to do this. Um, I, that was over a year ago that I did my medical screening. Um, and so I went for that too, but for this one, because of all the COVID stuff, I was really scared about flying because I'm like, well, I, I don't want to sit next to other people. Like who knows yeah. what they're carrying. And especially because I'm in a high risk situation. Um, now I'm, this is considered a high risk pregnancy, even though I have no, you know, risk factors personally. But, um, so the, the dad said, Hey, anything you want for the flight you can have. And so they flew me on the airline that did the most spacing. They didn't like pack every seat so that at least I wouldn't have to sit right next to somebody. Um, and that once again was, was them being just super, super grateful for me. And they're like, we know this is a, this is an ideal right now. And, and if it weren't for COVID, like they would have flown there to do it with me, but we did it on FaceTime. So they, they were, like on the phone while, while we were doing the, the transfer. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so it's a, it's crazy timing, crazy science. It's, it's mind blowing. And I knew nothing about it two years ago. <laughs> how'd you, uh, how'd you find the agency you went with? So this is kind of embarrassing. Um, but I just saw it on Facebook <laughs> and, um, I heard even my OB was like, <laughs> you didn't do any research. You didn't look up any local ones. You didn't like, you didn't, you didn't look at their ratings. You didn't do anything. And I was like, no. And, and like, when I told you about those 10 questions, like I saw an ad on Facebook and it said, do you want to be a surrogate? And I'm like, yeah, I do. So I clicked it and I answered the 10 questions. And within 24 hours, someone was calling me because they are in desperate need of surrogates. There are more, um, intended parents than there are surrogates. So I was matched as I, um, I wanted to, um, breastfeed my son for six months and build up a supply of breast milk for him to get him to a year. So as soon as I was done with that, then, um, I was matched. It was like within two days that they found a match for me. I once bought a jacket from a Facebook ad and it took like eight months to get there. And I was (laughs) furious. You signed up for this major life decision off of a Facebook ad and didn't even do any cross-referencing? Well, and I've heard that some surrogates go through the entire thing between like clicking that button to delivery in less than a year. That wasn't my experience because COVID and the egg donor had to go to make the um, retrieval and everything like that. So I've been waiting a very, very long time. But like, yeah, sometimes it can be really, really fast. It's the... The amount of things you can find on the internet is now officially, <laughs> is officially. Well, but my recommendation to other people is to look up like more than one and don't just click. The, I mean, mine is great. And I, I, I just lucked out that this, this agency has been nothing short of incredible to me. Um, but I would recommend that other people like look into things before making that kind of decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, listen, we got a minute and a half left and I got, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I gotta know, are you still allowed to do curling while you're pregnant? <laughs> so 
So curling is while pregnant is so interesting because really it well because uh, I so don't know if that sentence you, has ever been said before in you, human history. No, can you can you picture like when someone's like throwing that rock? Yes, when they're the, curling. So you call it throwing, but you're sliding it, and then you get but the you broom, throw broom, the rock. broom, fast broom, fast broom. Yeah, but when you're actually throwing the rock, you get really low to the ground to the yeah, ice, yeah, yeah, and you stretch your whole body out. And so a lot of the, the, the throwing of the rock is about balance. And so when you have that extra weight on you in just one area, it really changes your balance. So it does make curling difficult, but not impossible. You've actually thought so hard about this. You really I, well, care about curling, huh? I have been I have been very pregnant while I've been curling. I, I do care about it, it. It's not like it's not like a. I'm, I'm thinking about it day and night, but like I, it's a, I, I've never played any other sports before. Like it was just something that I randomly picked up one day and I, it's just such a cool thing to do. And everybody that curls are like, they're just such cool people. So yeah, I do like curling and I've been pregnant for the most of the last four years of my life. So it's almost like you're going to have to readjust how you curl when you're not pregnant. Yeah, it is. It's weird to go back and forth. <laughs> well, on, on that note, our time has come to an end. What a, what a uh, head-spinning conversation. I, I just also want to say, well, I, I do just want to end by just saying, I just want to say that outside of any of the unusual aspects of this that people might be going, I've never heard of that. I just want to say, I hope you are safe and healthy and that this baby is safe and healthy and that everybody winds up very happy. Thank you. I can't, I can't picture it any other way. Like I keep picturing that moment when the dads hold that baby and yeah. So thank you. I'm super, super excited. And, and talking to you was also another dream come true. So thank you. Oh, and I hope, uh, may you push that little broom to <laughs> the maximum of your potential. <laughs> and I hope that you get a dog very soon and you credit me. Why well, you got to do that at, at, right at the end. <laughs> caller thank you again so much for your openness and honesty on this call thank you for the openness and honesty on the call people are about to hear in just a few days thank you to anita flores to jared o'connell to shell shag for the music want to know more about me chrisgeth.com wherever you're listening there's a button it says subscribe or follow or favorite really helps us when you hit that button thanks so much